Hello, this is Pastor Marty Macedo from Fellow Helpers Ministries, bringing you another podcast from the Pastor's Study, Biblical Lessons from the Battlefield of Life from a retired pastor of 45 years who was saved after serving as a Staff Sergeant Airborne Ranger in Vietnam. My testimony is shared in podcast number one. It is my desire to share with you lessons the Lord has taught me over my years of living as a Christian and serving as a pastor. These podcasts are intended to whet your appetite for further personal Bible study. They'll be short, 20 to 30 minutes, and having your Bible and something to jot down notes might be helpful. If you have any questions, you can contact me by email. It's masitofhm at gmail.com. That is M-A-S-I-T-T-O-F-H-M for Fellow Helpers Ministries at gmail.com. The title of our Bible study today is An Old Testament Thanksgiving Day from Deuteronomy chapter 26, verses 1 through 11. Did the pilgrims in 1621 come up with the concept of Thanksgiving feast on their own, or did they seek to apply a biblical principle from the Bible? Well, let's read Deuteronomy chapter 26 in the first 11 verses and see what we find. Deuteronomy chapter 26, beginning at verse 1. And it shall be, when thou art come in unto the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, for an inheritance, and possesseth it, and dwelleth therein, that thou shalt take the first of all the fruit of the earth which thou shalt bring of thy land, that the Lord thy God giveth thee, and shalt put it in a basket, and shall go unto the place which the Lord thy God shall choose, the place is named there. And thou shalt go unto the priest, that shall be in those days, and say unto him, I profess this day unto the Lord thy God, that I am come unto the country which the Lord swear unto our fathers for to give us. And the priest shall take the basket, verse 4, out of the hand, and set it down before the altar of the Lord thy God. And thou shalt speak, and say before the Lord thy God, A Syrian, ready to perish, was my father, And he went down into Egypt and sojourned there with a few, and became there a nation great, mighty, and populous. And the Egyptians evil entreated us, and afflicted us, and laid upon us hard bondage. And when we cried unto the Lord God of our fathers, the Lord heard our voice, and looked on our affliction, and on our labor, and on our oppression. And the Lord brought us forth out of Egypt, with a mighty hand and with an outstretched arm, and with great terribleness and with signs and with wonders. And he hath brought, verse 9, us into this place, and hath given us this land, even a land that floweth with milk and honey. And now, behold, I have brought thy first fruits of the land which thou, O Lord, hast given me, and thou shalt set it before the Lord thy God and worship before the Lord thy God. And thou shalt rejoice in every good thing which the Lord thy God hath given unto thee and unto thine house, thou and the Levite and the strangers that is among you. Shall we pray? Our Father in heaven, as we look forward to observing Thanksgiving this week, we thank you for this passage of scripture that gives us insight into it, understanding of it, and can help us appreciate what we are going to observe this Thursday even more. Help us to see this as you've outlined it in your word, we pray. In Christ's name, amen. An Old Testament Thanksgiving Day, 
Deuteronomy chapter 26, verses 1 through 11. According to the encyclopedia, we read this definition regarding Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving Day, the fourth Thursday of November, is a legal holiday in which the people of the United States give thanks for their blessings. The earliest harvest Thanksgiving in America was celebrated by the Pilgrim Fathers in 1621 as an occasion for feasting and prayer. The first Thanksgiving Day proclamation under the Constitution were issued by President Washington in 1789 and 1795. If I may take opportunity, I'd like to read that proclamation from 1789. It's like a breath of fresh air. It was issued by the President, George Washington, at the request of Congress on October 3, 1789. And I'll read the first part. It says, Whereas it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God, to obey His will, to be grateful for His benefits, and humbly to implore his protection and favor. And whereas both houses of Congress have, by their joint committee, requested me to, quote, recommend to the people of the United States a day of public thanksgiving and prayer, to be observed by the acknowledging with grateful hearts the many and signal favors of Almighty God, especially by affording them an opportunity peacefully to establish a form of government for their safety and happiness. Isn't that a wonderful proclamation? Congress requesting of the president, the president agreeing with Congress, and them giving all honor, praise, and glory to God, thanking him for what they have in the way of a nation and a government. Well, down through the years, there have been other proclamations by other presidents, but I think the thing that we want to note this uh, study, as we look at this passage of scripture, is did the pilgrims come up with this idea on their own? Did even these early uh, fathers come up with these ideas on their own? Or was there a scriptural uh, precedent set for this or a scriptural example given? Well, I believe when we look at Deuteronomy chapter 26, which we're studying today, we'll see a biblical principle that was given that I believe prompted the pilgrims to do what they did. Now, when you take a look at this passage of Scripture, and you notice in verses 1 through 11, which we're going to outline in just a minute, it's all centered on the fact of bringing offerings to the Lord, both of the mouth as well as of the heart, in order to remind the people of their responsibility and obligation to God. And it was to be done after the harvest time would come in or when the first fruits came in. And I believe there's a reason for that, and the reason is given to us in Deuteronomy chapter 8. If you go back earlier in the book of Deuteronomy to chapter 8, you'll recognize a warning that God gives beginning at verse 10, Deuteronomy 8.10. When thou hast eaten and art full, and thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he hath given thee. Verse 11. Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes, which I command thee this day. Lest, there's that warning again, when thou hast eaten and art full, Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 12, and hast built goodly houses and dwelt therein, and when thy herds and thy flocks multiply, and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied, and all that thou hast is multiplied, then, verse 14, thine heart be lifted up, 
and now forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. God knew, as he was giving the instruction in Deuteronomy chapter 8, that there was going to be a danger that once the people of Israel got into the promised land and everything started turning out really good and everything started to increase in their crops and their herds and things of this nature, that there would be a tendency for them to forget God. And that would be extremely dangerous. So he goes ahead now in Deuteronomy chapter 26 and he tells them there needs to be an Old Testament Thanksgiving day. That when those first fruits come in, there needs to be a time for you to set aside to bring your first fruits and give your hand offering and give your heart offering unto the Lord. That way you won't forget that what you have is from the Lord. That's what brings us to Deuteronomy chapter 26 today. The Old Testament Thanksgiving Day to help Israel not forget that all that they had was from the Lord. Something we need to remember today also. But take a look with me now at Deuteronomy chapter 26, and let's go through the passage first of all, then I'll make an application toward the end. As we go to the passage of Scripture in Deuteronomy chapter 26, we're going to see three things. We're going to see the Lord describes an offering of our hand. He desires an offering of our hand. That's chapter 26, verses 1 through 4. Also, we're going to see that the Lord desires an offering of our hearts. That's going to be located in verses 5 through 10. And thirdly, we're going to see the Lord desires an offering of our happiness. So this passage, verses 1 through 11, is going to divide into three points. And let's take a look at them one by one. The Lord desires an offering of our hands, verses 1 through 4. There are five gifts that the Lord makes reference to here to remind the people of Israel that what they have is from the Lord. What are those five gifts? We'll look at verse 1 first of all. The first gift is the land. And it shall be when thou art come in unto the land, note carefully, which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance, and possesseth it, and dwellest therein. The land was a gift of God. Without the Lord there would be no land. Without the Lord there would be no one to work the land. Without the Lord there would be nowhere for crops to be planted and grow, or for herds to grow, or anything of that nature. You know, we all know this, but evolution says there's no God and the land just happened. But our passage of scripture is a reminder there is a God and the land is a gift of God. And this was to be a reminder to the people of Israel on this Old Testament Thanksgiving Day. There's a second gift they were to be reminded of. Do you see it in verse 2? The fruits of the land were a gift of God. Verse 2 says this, And thou shalt take of the first of all the fruit of the earth, which thou shalt bring of thy land, that the Lord thy God giveth thee. There's our reminder again. Verse 1, the land which the Lord God give thee. Verse 2, the land which the Lord God giveth thee. And shall go unto a place which the Lord thy God shall choose to place his name there. So not only is the land a gift of God, but the fruit of the land is the gift of God. Our first ministry was in Marysville, Ohio, which was a farming community. And it was interesting to watch all of the equipment and all of the attention that the farmers gave to planting crops. And yet the farmers recognized that without the sun and without the rain 
and without the seasons, there would be no harvest of those crops. And it was interesting in that farm community, they really had a dependence on God, recognizing, oh yes, we're doing all we can, but all we can is not enough. We also need God's intervention in bringing first fruits, forth the first fruits. It's a wonderful thing to be remembering, isn't it? The land was a gift of God, and we recognize the fruit of the land is a gift of God. There's a third thing that he wants Israel to remember, and that's found in the second part of verse 2. We read it just a moment ago. And thou shalt go unto the place which the Lord thy God hath chosen to place his name there. The place of worship was a gift of God. Israel had the temple, and Israel met in synagogues, and they had opportunity then to uh, to turn to the Lord at these times and to be able to acknowledge his presence and bring their offerings there. And so the place of worship was a gift of God. Then you'll also notice in verse 3, the priests were a gift of God. And thou shalt go unto the priest that shall be in those days, and say unto him, I profess this day unto the Lord thy God, that I am come unto the country which the Lord swear unto our fathers for to give us. So the land, verse 1, a gift of God. The fruits of the land, verse 2a, a gift of God. The place of worship is a gift of God, as we just saw. And the priests were a gift of God to make intercession to the people before God. And then fourth, fifthly, you'll notice in verse 4, and the priest shall take the basket out of thy hand and set it down before the altar of the Lord thy God. The act of worship was also a gift of God. Now, when we take a look at these first four verses in this Old Testament Thanksgiving day, a day designed to help the people when they were in the land and when they were getting the crops and land and the herds were increasing land and they were being prosperous, uh, this this was a day that they were to set aside. And first of all, they were to bring an offering of their hands to remind them of these five things. Gift of land, the gift of the first fruits, the gift of a place to worship where they went to, the gift of priests to help them in the worship, and the act of worship itself being a gift of God. Now, let me stop here for a moment and move from the Old Testament to the New Testament we're living in New Testament times, but we also must remember this Thanksgiving Day that it is a time when we are to bring an offering of our hands. And in bringing an offering of our hands, we're to remember the land we have today is a gift of God. The fruit of the land that we have today is a gift of God. He still brings the sun and the rain and brings the seasons that allows us to have crops. The place of worship is a gift of God. It's no longer the tabernacle and then later the temple like Israel had, but we have the church today, a place of assembly, Acts chapter 11, verse 26, where we assemble together and worship the Lord. That's a gift of God. The priests were a gift of God in the Old Testament. Ministers of the word are a gift of God in the New Testament, given by God to encourage us and teach us the word of God, help us come to know Christ as our Savior, as well as walk with the Lord. And the whole act of worship, going to church and worshiping the Lord, be ministered to by ministers, all these things are a gift of God that we're to be reminded of, especially on Thanksgiving Day. Now, obviously, in 2020, we should have gained an appreciation for all this because for a number of months, we've lost this. 
For a number of months, we've not had the place of worship. We've not had the ministry of the ministers. We've not had the act of worship taking place. It's getting back on track again, but it's been a difficult year, hasn't it? But this Thanksgiving, let's be reminded, oh Lord, you have increased us with goods. You have taken care of us in so many ways, but we, we maybe have just started to drift away a bit and forget about you. But this Thursday, as we observe our Thanksgiving Day, let's do like Israel was instructed to do. And let's have a reminder as we bring our offering of our hands that the land we have today, Lord, is your gift you've given to us. And the fruit that comes from the land is a gift you've given to us. Our places of worship are a gift you've given to us. Our ministers are a gift you've given to us. And the very act of being able to worship as we join together is a gift that you've given to us and how appreciative we are of it. The Lord desired Israel to give an offering to their hands on Thanksgiving Day. And God desires for us to give an offering of our hands on Thanksgiving Day too. But I want to take a look at a second point in this passage of Scripture. Not only were they to give an offering of their hands, but they're also to give an offering of their hearts. It's one thing to give something with a hand and walk away and be done with it. It's another thing to give your heart to somebody. And God wanted the people to speak and give their heart. See that in verse, 5, in verse 5? When you look at Deuteronomy chapter 26 and you end with verse 4, you pick it up in verse 5 and it says, And thou shalt speak and say, so the mechanics of the giving of the hand are performed in verses 1 through 4, and now they are to speak and give of their heart in verse 5 through 10. And there are four things that they're to be reminded of as they give this speech on this Thanksgiving day. What are they? Well, the first thing is this, verse 5. And thou shalt speak and say before the Lord thy God, A Syrian ready to perish was my father. And he went down into Egypt and sojourned there with a few and became there a nation great, mighty, and populous. The first thing I think we note here is man is nothing before the Lord without the Lord. Man is nothing before the Lord without the Lord. This statement of verse 5 that they are to say is a statement that is designed to humble the people of Israel and remember what they were before God's intervention and appreciate what they have now that God has intervened for them and taken them into the land and given them the first fruits of the land. You'll notice also, secondly, uh, we read in verses 6 and 7, man is defenseless against his enemies without the Lord. Listen how it's worded. And the Egyptians evil entreated us. Remember, these people are speaking now, giving an offering of their heart. And the Egyptians evil entreated us and afflicted us and laid upon us hard bondage. Verse 7, And when we cried unto the Lord God of our fathers, the Lord heard our voice, looked on our affliction and our labor and our oppression. Man is defenseless against the Lord, his enemies without the Lord. But when the Lord is on his side and when the Lord is working for him, man is victorious over his enemies. Listen while I read a parallel reference here. Proverbs chapter uh, 16 and verse 7. When a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies that be at peace with him. 
Notice another verse, if you would, in Proverbs chapter 21, verse 31. The horse is prepared against the day of battle, but safety is of the Lord. Man is defenseless without the Lord. And this was a reminder that they were to speak on Thanksgiving Day of the Old Testament and acknowledge the fact that they need to depend on the Lord for victory. Notice a third thing in regard to an offering of their heart. This is found in verses 8 and 9. And the Lord brought us forth out of Egypt with a mighty hand and with an outstretched arm and with great terribleness and with signs and with wonders. And he hath brought us into this place and hath given us land, even a land that floweth with milk and honey. What do we learn in these two verses? Man was in bondage without the Lord, but the Lord delivered man from bondage and prospered him. It was God's, verse 8, outstretched arm, God's great terribleness, God's signs and wonders that delivered the people. They didn't deliver themselves from this. And then brought us into a place and given us this land that floweth with milk and honey. Bondage is, you get out of bondage by trusting in the Lord. Israel did that and God blessed them for that, but didn't want them to forget that he is the one that delivered them from bondage. And the fourth thing in regard to a offering of the heart is found in verse 10. And now behold, I have brought the first fruits of the land, which thou, O God, hast given me, and thou shalt set it before the Lord thy God and worship before the Lord thy God. This is what we see next. Man is lost in his worship without the Lord. Israel went through the formality of Thanksgiving Day in the Old Testament, and while they did, they said these things to show that they were giving their heart. It was a great reminder for them. And the truth of the matter is, when we take a look and apply this to today, it's also a great reminder for us. We're not only reminded as we have Thanksgiving Day of the land being a gift of God and the fruits of the land being a gift of God and the place of worship being a gift of God and the priest are a gift of God and the worship is a gift of God. But we now move into the area where we recognize, wait, like Israel, here's where we're at. We were nothing before the Lord without the Lord. Before we came to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ through salvation, we were nothing. We were actually perishing but then when we accepted the Lord as our Savior, we are prospering. Also, we were defenseless against our enemy without the Lord. Before our salvation, we suffered terribly. But once we received the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior, instead of suffering, we're secured or we're helped. We're comforted by the Lord. Also with Israel, they were in bondage without the Lord. But then when they came to know the Lord, they were blessed. And that's the same way with us as Christians today. We were bound in our sin, headed for hell prior to accepting Christ as our Savior. But once we did that, that bondage was released and we're blessed. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says this, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding, and all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. No, there's bondage without the Lord, but there's blessing with the Lord. We are freed from our bondage, and we can rejoice in that verbally on a Thanksgiving day. 
And of course, the fourth parallel you see also so easily, where Israel said they were lost in their worship without the Lord, but they had rich, full worship with the Lord. We find that same thing here in our own life as a Christian. Before we knew the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior, many of us worshiped. We went to church, we gave offerings, we even went through the sacraments or whatever else was required of us to appear to be right. But in our hearts, we knew we were empty and we were lacking something. And then we came to that point of understanding God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And we came to that point where we said, wait a minute, I believe and I'm receiving the Lord Jesus Christ as my savior and our worship totally changed. I still remember myself when I was first saved and going into church and every word was captivating. Every song was thrilling. I couldn't wait to get to the next service and hear more. I was lost in my worship prior to Christ, but then with Christ, my worship had great value. I was wasting my time going to worship prior, but I was realizing now with Christ, I was able to worship and enjoy and grow in him. So do you see what I'm saying here? We're saying a lot in a very short period of time. But in this Old Testament Thanksgiving Day, Deuteronomy chapter 26, a thing that God set aside so Israel would remember him, chapter 8 of Deuteronomy, and not forget him once they were doing well. He says, I want an offering of your hands. I want an offering of your hearts. And the result of that is going to be what? An offering of happiness. Look at verse 11 of Deuteronomy 26. And thou shalt rejoice in every good thing which the Lord thy God hath given unto thee and unto thy house, thou and the Levite and the stranger that is among you. Now, don't miss this in verse 11. When you talk about the Lord desiring an offering of our happiness, he did not tell them to rejoice. He did not order them to rejoice. He said the result of giving an offering of your hands, the result of giving an offering of your heart is going to be the fact that you will rejoice. Verse 11 says, and thou shall rejoice in every good thing. So when we take a look at this passage of scripture, we recognize that God gave Israel an Old Testament Thanksgiving day. And we recognize that God has given us, especially in America, a Thanksgiving day. And this is a time to refocus on the Lord. This is a time to recenter on the Lord. This is a time to give thanks unto God for what we have. This is a time to show great appreciation for him. And it's a time for us as we review all of this to just rejoice and be happy and glad in him. There was a story that I read a number of years ago, and it's really stuck with me. You know how those stories are? You'll read something and it'll really stick with you. Well, this one certainly did. I read a story once about a, a church that had the custom of holding a service on Thanksgiving. Now, we used to do that. Back when I first started pastoring, we always had a service on Thanksgiving. The home church where we were saved always had a church on Thanksgiving Day for those who could be there, and it was a great time, Thanksgiving Day, to spend an hour worshiping the Lord. Um, but church, this church had a Thanksgiving Day service, and during the service, folks would come forward and place a gift in a basket. Uh, one year, however, a young boy walked forward and actually climbed into the basket, and to the embarrassment of his folks and to the amazement of the church, 
They looked at him and thought, what is he doing? Well, the father got very nervous and ran up and he, and he removed the boy and started to reprimand him for what he had done. But the boy in a very clear voice said this. This is on Thanksgiving Day, their Thanksgiving service. The boy said, but I'm giving myself to the Lord. He climbed into that basket because he wanted to show he was giving himself unto the Lord. Wouldn't that be wonderful if all we who named the name of Christ would do that this Thursday? Wouldn't it be even better yet if you have not accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior yet, if you would make that decision and trust Christ as your Savior and give yourself to him this Thanksgiving day? Wouldn't that be wonderful? It's a wonderful thing to give an offering at the hands. It's good to be reminded that the land is a gift of God. Verse 1, the fruit of the land is a gift of God. Verse 2a, the place of worship is a gift of God. Verse 2b, and the priest in the Old Testament, ministers in the New Testament were a gift of God. Verse 3, and also the act of worship was a gift of God. Verse 4, to be followed up by an offering of the heart. And from the heart, we were nothing before the Lord. Uh, we were defenseless against our enemies without the Lord. We were in bondage without the Lord. We were lost in our worship without the Lord. But the Lord has saved us and, and he has given us all these precious treasures and blessings that we have today. And I, in turn, give him myself and climb into the basket. Well, I don't think we're going to be doing that this Thanksgiving. Uh, if you do have a Thursday service, and uh, if there is a basket up front, I would caution you to be careful about doing that. But the idea is there, isn't it? And it's a good idea, isn't it? And especially in this year, 2020, it's a wonderful passage for you to stop and go back over and read it yourself and look at some of the details of it. We've only skipped the stone again, haven't we? But take a look at this and recognize when those pilgrims in 1621 had a Thanksgiving day, I don't think it was something that they just conjured up in their own mind. I don't think it was something that someone marketed to them or someone just spontaneously thought of. I really believe those people were men and women of the book, and they recognized what happened with Israel, that Israel had rough times, and then Israel went into a promised land and had good times, but they forgot the Lord because they forgot to uphold a Thanksgiving day. Forget the Lord, Deuteronomy 8. No, don't do that. How do you not do that? When you bring in those first fruits, Deuteronomy 26, have a Thanksgiving day. Give an offering of your hands, give an offering of your heart. And he guarantees us, verse 11, thou shall rejoice in every good thing. May this be a pattern, not just for the pilgrims in 1621 or not just for George Washington in Congress in 1789, but may this be a pattern for us in this Thanksgiving Day, 2020. This has been from the Pastor Study with Pastor Martin Macedo. You may email me at macedofhm at gmail.com. That's M-A-S-I-T-T-O-F-H-M for Fellow Helpers Ministries at gmail.com. And Lord willing, we'll post another Bible study next week. But until then, remember, as you observe your Thanksgiving this Thursday, God desires an offering of your hearts, 
hands, and happiness. Are you willing to get into the basket? Thank you for listening and have a great day.